Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Our scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 25. I invite you to turn with me in your own Bible or in the Bible found there in the pew around you. In the pew, the pew Bible, it can be found on page 132 in the New Testament. Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 25. Hear now these words. From Miletus, he sent a message to Ephesus, asking the elders of the church to meet him. When they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the entire time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, enduring the trials that came to me through the plots of the Jews. I did not shrink. From doing anything helpful, proclaiming the message to you and teaching you publicly from house to house. As I testified to both Jews and Greeks about repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus. And now, as a captive to the Spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and persecution are awaiting me. But I do not count my life of any value to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the good news of God's grace. And now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will ever see my face. Again, this is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Christ has no body but ours. No hands, no feet on earth but ours. Ours are the eyes with which God looks compassionately on this world. Ours are the feet with which God walks to do good. Ours are the hands with which God blesses all the world. Ours are the hands. Ours are the feet. Ours are the eyes. Ours are his body. Amen. As a prayer by Teresa of Avila, 16th century um, saint, who was quite a witness and a preacher in her own right. Good morning. I am Pastor Corey, and today we are wrapping up our sermon series, Revive, And we've explored over the last four weeks the membership vows in the United Methodist Church of prayer, presence, gifts, service. And today, we encounter our final membership vow. The most recently added one, we only added it in 2008 at General Conference, and perhaps in my humble opinion, the most difficult one. The promise to be faithful in our witness. Our witness to be a witness. Now, my best friend who lives in Richmond gave birth this last week, and we're very excited to go and visit her soon. I can't wait to be there, but I can't be there quite yet. And I wasn't there during the birth, but her husband 
was sending me live updates throughout from arriving at the hospital to labor to finally the moment we were waiting for, the birth of Miles Graham Freeman. And he texted me a picture and he says, she did amazing. And guess what? I believe him. I trust him. And then after a while, I got to talk with her myself and hear her amazing voice and find out for myself just how everything went. But her husband was capturing something. He was capturing this experience and he was sharing it with me because I wasn't there. I couldn't be there. And it reminded me of when my husband, Tiagan, and I were pregnant with our six-year-old, Ephraim. We were doing a program called Centering Pregnancy. And I may have mentioned this before, but you have appointments in a group of people. And you get to do educational sessions in conjunction with your medical appointments. And so there were nine or ten other couples in this group, and we all had babies due in October 2017. And in this one class, we were talking about labor. And the women and their partners were contributing as our midwife instructor asked questions. And one question she asked was, what is the job of the partner in the hospital room during labor and delivery? There were some funny answers. Don't pass out. (laughs) Hold her hand. Rub her back. Don't hold her accountable for anything she says during a contraction. And we all laughed, and then we got quiet. The midwife said, those, those are great answers. Do all those things. But the most important job of the partner during labor and delivery is to bear faithful witness to the mother's experience. To bear faithful witness to the mother's experience. You, as the witness, are the keeper of this story. You're responsible for holding the narrative and the truth of what happened here this day. Bearing witness to the pain, the suffering, the resilience, the struggle, the beauty, the strength, the miracle. The new life with all the unexpected twists and turns that no one can be prepared for. It's a complicated story. And I'm 99.9% sure I was the only pastor in that room that day. But I knew in that moment, I will never forget this. I will never forget this. Your job is to be a faithful witness, to tell the story of what happened here. (coughs) Friends, church, that is the life of discipleship. To bear faithful witness to the new creation God is birthing into our world. To bear witness to the new creation that God is birthing into our world. Bearing witness to the pain and the suffering and the resilience and the struggle, the beauty, the strength, the miracle, the new life. With all the unexpected twists and turns that no one can ever be prepared for. It's a complicated story. But as those of us who have somehow found ourselves in this story, drawn into this story, through some means, well, let me ask you, how did you come to find yourself drawn into this story? Did someone invite you to church? You heard a sermon preached? Did someone gift you a Bible when you started to read it? Did someone invite you to a youth group or to Sunday school or to a work day or on a mission trip? Did the Holy Spirit knock on your door 
metaphorically or quite literally, and tell you there is more to this life than the world would have you believe? Did you witness someone's life and wondered what made their story different from your own? Who bore witness to you of a story that you wanted to see for yourself, explore for yourself? Who bore witness to you of the new creation God is birthing into our world to bear witness to the new creation? It's a complicated story. And one of those complicated stories we encounter this morning in the book of Acts, as Pastor Adam read it, Paul is speaking here, the apostle, the most influential missionary witness in human history. His story is complicated. When we first encounter him in Acts, he is a Pharisee on a mission. And it is a mission to murder Christians. Anyone who confesses that Jesus is the Messiah is an enemy to Paul, formerly Saul, when we first meet him. And he participates in the stoning of the very first Christian martyr, witness, Stephen. He isn't just annoyed by these Christ followers. He is violently hostile toward them. And he makes it his mission to stop the spread of the gospel and silence those who have, those who are, and those who desire to bear witness to it. Now, Jesus instructs his disciples very early in Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and to Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will tell my story to the ends of the earth. You will bear faithful witness to what you saw, to the work I did, to the sinners I ate with, to the sick I healed, to the oppressed I freed, to the outcast I loved, to the death I overcame, and to the work I've done in you, to the new creation that is life in me. You will tell everyone you encounter about my story. This is the work of discipleship. As Jesus ascends to be with the Father, we, the children of God, become the storytellers. We're the witnesses. So Saul in the book of Acts, which is a continuation of the Gospels, it's written by Luke, he is on a mission to silence the story, to silence the witnesses. Chapter 9 of Acts begins, and Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. In verse 3, we read, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. We skip to verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So we have Saul, who encounters Jesus and Jesus' story. But he isn't sure who this is or what's actually happening. So he goes to the city, and Ananias has been instructed by the Spirit to bear witness to Paul. 
so that he might be filled with the Holy Spirit. And once Paul regains his strength, he spends time with the other disciples, listening now to their witness, hearing their stories of who Jesus is, what they saw, to the work Jesus did, to the sinners he dined with, to the sick Jesus healed, to the oppressed Jesus freed, to the outcast Jesus loved, and to the death Jesus overcame, to the work Jesus had done in their own lives, to the new creation that is life in them. And hearing the story and encountering the very presence of God himself, Paul begins bearing witness. And now Paul has this wild, complicated story wrapped up in God's story that he must tell anyone who has ears to hear. He becomes the faithful witness to the new creation God is birthing into the world, and he is now evidence of it. Now, this is not the direction Paul thought his life was going in. He kind of thought it would be the exact opposite. He was going to murder Christ's followers, and then he himself becomes the Christ follower that the Romans and religious authorities want to murder. What a complicated story. What a compelling story that somehow Jesus gets a hold of this violent man's heart, has him sit down with the disciples and listen. Bear witness to their witness. And then, as it happens, he becomes a witness himself to the work of God in the world. And the rest of Acts captures the thousands of miles that he travels witnessing to God the good news of Jesus and laying the groundwork that would extend the gospel to Gentiles like you and me. And then in chapter 20, we stumble into today's scripture. As Pastor Adam said, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. And when they arrived, he said to them, you know how I've lived the whole time. I was with you from the first day I came to the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know, I've never hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught publicly from house to house. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they need to turn to God in repentance and have faith in Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. And I don't know what's going to happen to me there. I only know that every single city I go to, the Spirit warns me that prison and hardship await. However, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. The word here translated as testify is diamaterasai. Diamaterasai. You can hear that base word martyr in it. Martyr is translated in Greek to witness. See, Dad, I use my Greek. <laughs> you can hear that witness. And so Paul is saying, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of speaking my witness of the good news of God's grace, the task of speaking my witness of the good news of God's grace. When was the last time we shared the good news of God's grace at work in our lives with someone? Anyone, our children, our partner, 
our parents, our siblings, our friends, a stranger. In every season, the nitty gritty of every day it matters, it is a faithful witness to a complicated story. Bearing witness to the pain and the suffering, the resilience, the struggle, the beauty, the strength, the miracle, the new life God is working in us and all of creation with all the unexpected twists and turns none of us can prepare for. It can be hard to have the conviction, the courage to tell our story. That's why I think this is such a hard promise to uphold. It can be hard to have conviction, the courage to tell that story. But one of our members here at Orange humbles me and her ability to do it so well. Now I asked for permission to share this story before today, so rest assured, and I know that she and her husband covet your prayers in the midst of their ongoing story, but Tori and Matt Griffin have been members at Orange for a couple of years now, and several months ago, Tori posted a beautiful reflection on social media. She wrote, this has been a secret, and a hard secret, to keep. But at this time, Matt and I feel that it's appropriate we share with our friends and she began to share their journey through IVF. It's an unexpected journey. It has been a hard and complicated journey. And it is a journey that is not yet complete. Like I said, they asked for your prayers. And our entire church's continued prayers as they move toward the next step in the process. But she and Matt shared in that post. But God has been our light. And has shown us what patience means. God has been our light and has shown us what patience means. And each week here at Orange, I check in with them with cautious care and a deep hope for what lies ahead. And each week I am met with the most authentic witness of the way Matt and Tori feel God is at work in their lives, still even as things unfold in unexpected and sometimes disappointing ways. They bear witness to the good news of Christ's love in their lives. This journey, their journey, is one of bearing witness to the pain, the suffering, the resilience, the struggle, the beauty, the strength, the miracle, the new life we experience through God's love and through Jesus' death and resurrection with all the unexpected twists and turns. Regardless of circumstance, Matt and Tori are living into their call to bear witness to God's work in their lives and in the world they humble me, they encourage me, they challenge me to share my own stories of God's movement in my life. Because sharing our story, telling our story in Christ, might lead someone to find their place in it. To discover that their story is already a part of God's. Telling our story, sharing our story in Christ, might lead someone to find their place in it. To find that they are already a part of God's story. Our witness is telling our story in light of God's good news. That's our witness. Our witness is telling our story in light of God's good news. I'll end with this. I co-teach a class at Duke Divinity School, and one of our guest lecturers is the dean of Duke Chapel, Luke Powery. And he was lecturing on preaching one day, and he said, the most important sermon you will ever preach 
is the one you preach with your life. The most important sermon you will ever preach is the one you preach with your life. We're all witnesses. We're all storytellers. And whether we like it or not, we are all preachers. What is the witness our lives are preaching? What is the story your life is bearing witness to? For Paul and those willing to receive it, it is the good news of God's grace in our lives every day. Let us pray. God of creation, creating anew, the silence is broken. With the women and the guardian, we catch our breath, we wipe our tears, and try to articulate our experience with you. What words can describe shadows fleeing from the tomb? How can we tell of the morning the world turned upside down? No mortal words will do. Still, we must spread the news. Christ is risen. Our knees are weak from running. Our voices tremble on the edge of fearful joy. Our eyes have seen the glory of the Lord loosed upon the world. May every breath we take, every word we utter, everything we do, witness to the truth of Christ's resurrection. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.